The Chiefs head up to Minnesota to try to get their fourth win in a row. Let's talk about it. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory. Welcome into a live edition of the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank member FDIC. I am here with an absolutely distraught Maddie Lane and Craig Stout. Matthew, don't you like my jokes? No. <laughs> no, I do not. I I got nothing else. How you doing, Kent? Thanks for having me. Craig, buddy, I, I need you to fill. I have nothing right now. I have nothing nice to say, so I'm just going to say nothing at all. I think that's the, that's the avenue I'm going. You know what? Here, here's the thing. Kent, I love you very much. That's where we're going to leave that one right there. I am excited. I, I am excited to get to talk about football with my two great pals. Again, this week, it's always a great time for me. We got to do a film room this week, Maddie. And yeah, we did. Like, that. Uh, wrote an article i feel like i i'm i'm ready for all of this i'm ready to talk to you think like you've gotten a quarter of the way into the season you're hitting your stride things things are clicking and looking good that's awesome for you in the chiefs defense because that certainly isn't happening for the chiefs offense right now yeah best possible What a wonderful transition. Let's talk about the offset offensive side of the ball this is our game preview edition so we're going to talk both sides of the ball, three storylines, both sides of the ball will do players to watch as well. Uh, but we always start on offense because normally that's where all the storylines uh, exist that are the most interesting. Uh, and it's because of Patrick LeVon Mahomes, the undisputed best player in the world, uh, who had a rough game last week against a very good Minnesota Vikings defense. Uh Hey, Tim, Timothy Roser says my accent wasn't too far off. That's because uh, my father grew up in Minnesota. And my aunt still has it, even though she's lived in Washington for most of her life. I anyway. thought it was because you just watched Fargo every night. No, I did. But I roomed I mean, Jake Stack was my roommate. Uh, our buddy Jake Stack was. And he's from North Dakota. Uh, he's from the same city as Seth Kaiser is. They've known each other forever. But uh yeah, so I I've, I've I've been around some I've been around some some pretty northern accents. I'm just going to say. Uh but anyways, Patrick Levon Mahomes, I think it's, you know, it's an opportunity for him to kind of get get right, get back on track after a rough game against a very good defense, Matthew. Um yeah, he has not played well. He like Patrick Mahomes always will took all of the blame, and I'm not saying, you know, that he shouldn't have or anything like that. I think that there's enough blame for every single person on that offense to take a share of it, right? But he certainly does get some after that performance against the Jets. He takes the blame and now it's time to move on and get another game going. Um and see where things click. I think it's a It'll be a good game, potentially, for him, just that we're going to talk a little bit more about what the Vikings defense does. I do think that he actually kind of matches up or the Chiefs match up pretty well against this Vikings defense. So if I were to predict, like, if this game would look closer to the Jets game or closer to the Bears game, I would lean towards kind of the latter. Like, not that the Vikings are as bad as the Bears defensively at all. I just think it's a pretty good matchup. I think you might see Mahomes get a play with a little bit more confidence in this game than he was last week, and that's really what I'm watching. I just want to see him play confidently again and not second guess all of these throws, not seem to hesitate every time it was really to let the ball go. And, and listen, I understand why we don't do it all the time, but I really want to see, you know, 
Patrick LeVon Mahomes drive a football into a tight window. It's been a little bit since we really got to see one of those really get fired in there. And like, it, it doesn't matter about how good you are if you're doing that or not. But it's it's really fun to watch Josh Allen and Justin Herbert do it like three times in a game. I want to see Mahomes, you know, just throw me one, throw me a bone here in this game. Let's get back to seeing some of that like elite level arm that we probably haven't really seen much this year. Do you know who else it was fun to watch throw that way last week? Zach, Zach Wilson. Wilson. <laughs> yeah, it really was. Like you, you saw him throw him with confidence. It, it would be it would be great to see Patrick Mahomes look like that, look like himself a little bit more. This this defense will give him the opportunity to look like that again if he takes it. I, I think this is a good confidence builder. I think in the past when we have seen Patrick Mahomes not look great, which you know, hat tip to Jason Anderson on 810. He had the numbers of four game stretches. This is the second worst four game stretch in Patrick Mahomes' career. The other one was in 2021, and that was around, you know, the Buffalo Bills game, the Tennessee Titans blowout. They played the Commanders, they played the Giants. That the offense didn't look good in any of those games whatsoever. So that was the last time we saw him not look great. All it took was some defenses for him to beat up against, get that confidence again, get that confidence in his wide receivers, get that confidence in his offensive line. That's really, I think, what's missing here. Yeah, we can sit here and talk about wide receivers, how they need to be better, what needs to be better, and what else can change. But in reality, the biggest needle mover that can come this season is going to be Patrick Mahomes playing comfortably, throwing with his chest, as Maddie likes to say, and just being more confident in what he is doing out there on the field with the personnel that's out there with him. We're going to see drops. We're going to see mistakes from the other players, but he just raised the bar so much higher. He's a top five quarterback right now. We're talking about him as if like he's a bottom third quarterback. He's a top five quarterback right now. He's just not far and away number one, and it would be nice to get him to have that confidence to get back to that point. What a charmed life we live right now. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Just... It's funny that when, when Jason brought up that four game stretch in 2021, I was like, hmm, how did that work? Oh, that's right. They went to another AFC champ- champion. And if you had told me that this was the second worst four game stretch, I would have assumed it was like including that indie game where he got hurt a couple years ago. Like I would have assumed it was a game at which he got injured that led to a couple bad weeks. Not, I think he was relatively healthy for that stretch. If I remember right, it's like to, yeah. So, anywho. Glad you brought up the phrase, throw it with your chest. I was definitely going to bring that up for sure. Um, but I think there's going to be a moment, because like there was definitely some opportunity. Like you probably do. Uh, it'd probably fit great across the t-shirt. Throw it with your chest. Uh, maybe not. Oh, no, that'd be great, actually. It's pointed right across the chest. Yeah. Get on that, Tuck. Uh, anyways, uh, I, I think there's going to be a point where we're on the KCSN postgame show at some point. This season, and we're gonna walk away from a game, and we're gonna say, "Man, Mahomes, you you could see how much he trusted his receivers. You could see that there's just a level of confidence that he was willing to just throw, you know, throw some, try to fit some balls in there and give these guys some opportunities. Because like there were definitely some opportunities against the Jets that Mahomes, I think, you know, could have could have tried to fit some balls, could have tried to throw some balls, and kind of made some decisions not to. And I think there's just that that trust was gonna take time." And at some point, I think he's going to have to just go in there ready to let her rip and be willing to live with a few mistakes that might happen. Just kind of show some trust in some of these guys. 
And it might be on Sunday that we walk away from that game going, man, that was a big turning moment for this team. You know, that was the game that they really needed that to happen. And it did, you know. And so we're getting we're getting closer and closer to, uh, you know, to that, I think. It's always it's going to be a process. This whole season is going to be a process. I keep trying to emphasize that it's going to be different than anything that's ever been because he doesn't have you know, the stability of a juju to go with Travis Kelsey. And oh, by the way, we keep forgetting Travis Kelsey's hurt or been playing hurt or, you know, like, no, that... you watch him move. You don't forget it. Okay. Well, it's, it matters. It matters significantly. And we're just sweeping some stuff under the rug because we are just so normalized to greatness right now. And it's ridiculous. Uh, heavy wears the rings. Uh, by the way, 810 pregame show. Make sure you are checking out 810's pregame show uh this this week and every week the uh the Chiefs play just quick reminder you brought up Jason Anderson good point all right so the Minnesota Vikings blitz I believe at the highest clip in the National Football League right now last number I saw I believe someone said 57 percent blitz rate just absurd it's absurd that is silly uh, I believe I saw another style. I wish I wish I could have credited whoever I saw that someone said 15% is the clip Mahomes is getting blitzed at right now. Yeah, you know, that, that might be Checks about out. right. Checks yeah, it sounds it. about right. Uh, so do we think that the Minnesota Vikings are going to blitz at a 57% clip, Matthew? Well, here's the thing. Their game against the Carolina Panthers, in which they were playing rookie Bryce Young, they that brought their number way down because they only blitzed 45% of the time. Oh, by man. far, their season low. Um, and, you know, you look at the Carolina Panthers, there's maybe not a reason to blitz them a ton, right? Or maybe blitzing Justin Herbert and the Chargers 86% of the time and it backfiring on them made them rethink their philosophy. I don't know, right? Like, we, who knows what Brian Flores is going to do? Well, actually, I think we do know. He's going to blitz. He's going to blitz, he's going to blitz a lot, and he's going to ask um, not great coverage defenders to play coverage behind it and hope that some of those blitzes get home. Two weeks ago, I would have told you, wow, that would be a terrible idea against the Chiefs, and they will destroy it. After seeing how the Chiefs' offensive line handled some of the stunts and games the Jets ran, I don't think it's a good idea, but I'm leaving a little bit more of that window open that it's a pathway to success for the Vikings, so we're going to have to see how the Chiefs handle it. We're going to have to see... How that like I mean, how Patrick Mahomes handles it, obviously, but then how the offensive line sorts this stuff out because they blitz everybody, nickel corners, safeties coming from depth, safeties creeping up into the box, actual outside corners, linebackers, like they blitz literally everybody on a routine basis. So like that, it's going to be something the Chiefs got to be ready for. And then when they are blitzing, how often can you catch them behind it? Like Patrick Mahomes has always been one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL versus the blitz because he gets the ball out fast. He reads it well. And oh, he's also kind of really mobile and hard to bring down. So when you blitz him, you usually get burnt. Is that ball going to be coming out to these wide receivers just kind of on quick, quick check with me routes? Is it going to be, are they going to have all their hot routes ready or are they going to get it blocked up and be able to take shots over the top? And years past, I'd feel very confident in that. Just what we saw last week gives me a little bit of doubt, so we do have to see the Chiefs are going to have to solve that issue, or it could be a long day because Flores, if you're not blocking up Flores' blitzes, it's going to it's going to get ugly. Yeah, it, it, Brian Flores does not care. Like he just doesn't, <laughs> like he's going to bring hits. Uh, you know, I talked about this week on the KCSN Substack, uh, KCSN Daily. Steve Spagnuolo got to the end of the game and he said, "You know what." If I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out on my shield. I'm going to go out there doing what I love doing, blitzing. And it <laughs> affected Zach Wilson at the end of the game. Brian Flores, that's his entire mantra. 
Like, who cares? I'm going to play cover zero on first down from, you know, the, the opposition's 25-yard line. So, you know, scenarios that you don't see some of the stuff because it is just kind of a kitchen blitzes that he's going to throw at you. He has, Patrick Mahomes in this offense, have to get the ball out on time. Have to have hot reads that are in sync with him. Have to have some of the stuff that we have seen them struggle with and some of the communication that they have struggled with with this young wide receiver core, with some of these guys that haven't been around a ton. Even the, the big veterans here, we talk about it all the time, are build-up vertical guys, not guys that are winning in the intermediate areas of the field, not guys that are going to run a quick hot route, make a quick side adjustment, give Mahomes what he needs. Conversely, you're going to see a lot of coffee houses out of Brian Flores, guys that come up, engage, back into a slant. If Patrick Mahomes holds on to the ball, they're coming. They're coming on that blitz. That is very hard for an offensive line to shake out those sort of looks and try and make sure that they are protected, just like it's difficult for Patrick Mahomes to sit there and see a dropping linebacker and not still let it rip because that has been a problem for him this season. It's been a problem for him in other seasons too, but he's not seeing some of those underneath defenders in the same way. So there's going to be a lot of those more exotic style blitzes, you know, stuff that maybe does take a little bit more to develop, not just instantaneous pressure, but stuff that does take a little more to develop. Brian Flores is going to throw everything at this offense and at this offensive line. And frankly, right now, he should because they've struggled with some of this so far. And these young wide receivers, these young receiving weapons are not on the same page when Patrick has to throw on. Every golfer wants to hit it longer, straighter, and with more control. If you want to fast track your golf performance, all you need to do is schedule a PXG custom club fitting experience. You'll meet one-on-one -on -one with a PXG fitting specialist who can fit you for the incredible new PXG Gen 6 golf clubs available in multiple head shapes to suit every skill level and dial them in to amplify your swing and show you visible gains in distance, accuracy, and forgiveness. These clubs are nothing short of astounding, and your only regret will be what took you so long to get fitted for PXG clubs. If you're in the Kansas City or Overland Park area, you can visit our local store located in Overland Park near 119th Street and Blue Valley Parkway. For the month of October, PXG is offering $25 fitting, so make sure your appointment at pxg.com or by calling PXG Kansas City at 913-396-6100. PXG Nobody makes golf clubs the way we do, period. We're going to take a break. We'll be back right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. It's more fun to be there for live Kansas City Chiefs football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Kansas City Chiefs and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com Chiefs. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I am so fascinated to see what Brian Flores decides to do. Um, because if you watch the game and you say, hey, look, let's get exotic with that front, mix some things up with them. Mahomes isn't as confident in the receiver group that he has. Oh, and by the way, Travis Kelsey's looked a little bit rough the last couple of weeks too. I mean, this is the week you could talk yourself into to to stick into your identity and not letting Mahomes dictate things, right? Like, you can make the argument. But conversely, I was holding this back. This is the exact kind of week that we could get on the postgame show and say, Mahomes had to trust in this receiver group. He had to fire the ball and throw with his chest with confidence, even though he's not as confident in this receiver group as consistently, and good things happen. And this offense started clicking and it kind of checked the box against a Minnesota Vikings team to say, okay, well, you know, we can't blitz them. You know, we thought we could and now I don't think we can. And like the the Chiefs are going to have to do that at some point, I think too. Like they're going to have to check that box with this group of receivers. Earlier the better in my opinion. That means they solved it. Because I do think that, uh, I don't think it's like a Mahomes bleeds kind of thing. But I do think it's like a well, if there's ever a chance, if there's ever if there was ever a time to try this, it's with Sky Moore and Rasheed Rice on the field. You know? Uh so I just I, I don't know. I, I, I think there's you know, I think there's a chance that we can see Brian Flores maybe stick more to his identity a little bit more uh than you know, than some other defensive coordinators have been willing to do. So uh it's it's I think it. they kinda they have to because their pass rush without blitzing is terrible. Like they have Daniel Hunter, who everybody likes, but like on true pass sets, his win percentage is eleven percent, which is is fine. But there's like what two or three Chiefs defenders with higher than that, and their second highest guy is Marcus Davenport, who's just returning, is tied at seven point seven percent. Like that's not good, right? Like their pass rush, their four down pass rush has been bad. Now Marcus Davenport returning. Maybe that helps, right? He just came back last week, had a pretty solid game overall in the raw stats. But anytime he got pressure, it like was recorded as a pressure or a sack. Like he wasn't overly disruptive. So when they're not bringing pressure from somewhere else, their defensive line's not not getting home. They're not causing the quarterback to kind of panic. And I get it. The Chiefs offensive line isn't coming off their best game, but they're not a terrible unit. 
a bad defensive front shouldn't come in and dominate them and push them around. So if they want to impact Patrick Mahomes right now, which it seems to be that's kind of key to slowing this offense down as making him uncomfortable, I don't think their four-man pass rush is going to do it. Right. So like, I don't think they're just going to all of a sudden come out and blitz Patrick Mahomes only 15% of the time. Now, is it going to be 85%? No, probably not. I think they probably learned that lesson. But I just don't think it's going to come out and be the season average because like they just can't get pressure without it. Yeah, and before we jump, uh, real quick, Kent, I'm sorry. God, I can't interrupt him. Let's go. This is why I told him that I loved him to start the show because I knew that one of these was coming and he can't be mad at me. I don't like this. Um, Anyway, it's going to feel like a cakewalk compared to the Jets' uh, defensive line. Like, uh, comparatively, this does not hold a candle to what the Chiefs just saw and what the Jets just did to them. So, it's definitely going to feel to this offensive line outside of obviously the exotic blitz packages. When the Vikings do four man rush, it's going to feel like, oh, thank God. You know, like it, it really is going to be a, a different level that this pass rush is going to bring. And I mean that in a negative way. So, yes, go ahead. Thank you, Craig. You're welcome, buddy. I love you still. Uh huh. I don't like I don't like where this is trending. <laughs> feel very targeted. The slot receiver should be pretty targeted this week, right, Matthew? I mean, I would certainly hope so. I think that would be a good plan. Seeming Keenan Allen had like 20 targets and 18 catches versus them playing primarily out of the slot. The Adam Thielen, whatever, you know, Adam Thielen's looking his age this year. We kind of said Travis Kelsey looks his age a little bit to start the season. Adam Thielen really looks his age, and he still had a very successful game operating out of the slot versus this Vikings team. You can even go back to week one where Chris Godwin, Trey Palmer, even Mike Evans a little bit of times kicked into the slot. Teams are having success throwing the ball to their slot wide receivers, and that's because when you blitz a lot, the shortest throw possible is a lot of times the best one. Your slot wide receiver is the guy that is often going to be replacing one of these blitzing players. As long as he is on the same page with Patrick Mahomes, you have a lot of free yards there. Maybe not always big plays, but you have a lot of free yards. Now, you're going to take a second, and if you joined Craig and I on the film room this week, you already know exactly where this is going. But even if not, it explains to you very easily. Rasheed Rice catches a lot of four-yard hitch routes right over the middle of the field. You want to see the linebacker or a nickel DB and just leave that four-yard hitch wide open? The Chiefs are throwing it, and they're taking it when it's going to be available. And those little passes that he's catching, the way he turns them up, okay, first of all, he's going to drop the first one. And then he's going to catch them all while turning upfield and turn a four-yard completion into a 15-plus-yard gain because the way he runs after the catch. Like, a guy like Rasheed Rice, Travis Kelsey's obviously going to play out of the slot plenty. Maybe you get some more Kadarius Tony. Maybe you flex Sky Moore in there a little bit to get him some easy catches because you trust him to be on the same page with Mahomes. Just The Chiefs have a lot of options of guys to put in the slot, and I think they really should be able to eat up this Vikings defense, especially when they're blitzing from that spot. Like, I mean, again, every team has this season – and if you want to even take it a step further, even when they don't blitz, are you really afraid of Josh Metalis or Byron Murphy occasionally sliding? Like, no. Man, yeah, we, you know. Don't, 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 be, watch don't be throwing strays at Bayron. Have y'all watched Bayron Murphy play for the Minnesota Vikings? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm blaming, not, I'm not blaming the, the fact that that's where DBs go to die. Not all short-armed corners from Washington happened to pan out in the NFL, okay? There's a law of averages, and the Chiefs got the one that worked. 
somebody had to get the one that did it. Just saying. Still take Bayron. Still would definitely take Bayron on this team. Um, yeah, no, that that's where it's going to come from. They, Matty touched on Rishi Rice there. That's where he wins. That's where he's going to win. That makes a lot of sense, especially against the Blitz. Having the ability to throw a quick hitch is going to be crucial for Patrick Mahomes. Sky Moore needs to have a game this week. He just does. Um, he This is where he's going to operate. He's going to live out of the slot a little bit more. He's going to run some of the routes that are going to be key against these weaker slot corners. If Sky Moore doesn't show up in a big way this game, doesn't get targets in a big way this game, I'm I'm more worried. I, I'm already officially worried about him, but I am more worried about what his development looks like, what the Chiefs are actually going to get out of him. This is the type of game that he should be primed to take over, that he should be primed to get six or seven targets and maybe go for 60 yards. That is an excellent game for Sky Moore. If he puts that on tape, I'm really excited about it. Conversely, if he doesn't get but two targets, no catches, like we talked about last week, it's a problem. It's a big, big problem, and we start talking about how he should be ceding that time to another player, maybe. So I have my eyes on those young wide receivers that specifically operate out of the slot there. I think that that's exactly where Patrick Mahomes should target. Remains to be seen if he uh, does this week. I mean, the good news is, like, Mahomes has been willing to throw to to – Rasheed Rice in that area of the field. So, like, there's that. Like, that's where a lot of those targets have come from. So, it's it's at least good to know that, you know, he's been willing to do that. And I do think, I think there is going to be a game here where Rasheed Rice doesn't drop his first target. I think we're going to, no. I, I think we're going to see some trends bucked this week. I think he catches his first target. And I do think it's over the middle of the field. I think it's inside the tackle box somewhere. Uh, like four yards downfield. Roughly four yards downfield. <laughs> Players to Watch is presented by Tickets for Less. Go to Tickets for Less and use promo code KCSN. You will get the guaranteed best rate, best discount that they have available on their site when you are looking to buy your Chiefs tickets. Yes, Tickets for Less at ticketsforless.com. Craig, player to watch. It's Jawan Taylor. Um, <laughs> we, we, we're now to the point now where this man is purposefully aligning closer to the line of scrimmage. You saw a concerted effort this week. He did not look as good. Yes, that's a good Jets pass rush, but he did not look as good or as comfortable getting off the ball, getting into his set. It just looks like a player that is consistently having to think about the fact that every eye of the officiating crew is on him. and That sucks for that guy. He needs to get his groove back a little bit more. He's going to see some slot blitzes. They're going to see a pass rush that is not as good on the defensive line here, but there's going to still be a lot on his plate. This is an opportunity for him to align correctly, get out of his stance with a snap, do a good job of all that, and not have to worry about the fact that Bryce Huff has the ability to beat him up the arc a little bit quicker. I feel like Jawan Taylor, much like we talked about with Patrick Mahomes earlier, this just needs to get his confidence back. He needs to start, you know, figuring things out again, feeling like himself again. I do think that based on how he's aligning now, I think we're slowly going to see him start to creep back as the games go along. I think it's very purposeful that he is aligning where he is, and we're going to see him start to toe that line again later on this season. But in the meantime, he's got to figure out what that looks like because if refs start calling him for it again 
he's got a real line there. So I'm paying attention to him. I expect a much better game for Jawan Taylor this week, and he better put one on tape because he also needs to have a good performance. I have two on my mind, and I'm so torn. I hope Kit picks the correct one um, after this. So I'm going to go with Kadarius Toney. Um, we talked a little bit about the slot wide receivers, and while Kadarius Toney isn't exactly a slot wide receiver only, they move him around a lot. You got Andy Reid, you got Matt Nagy, you got everyone answering questions about the wide receivers. It even gets the, to Andy Reid, like, hey, are you guys going to consider trading for a wide receiver? And obviously, the coaches are never going to say yes to that. They are going to support their guys. But the resounding message has been, they're young, they're, we're still figuring out what they know, what they can do, and where they fit, and so are they. It's a learning process. Well, guess what? Kadarius Tony needs to be factored into this because we are less than 30 days away from the trade deadline. If it's not working, if the wide receiver room is not going to work, you kind of got to start coming up with that answer and knowing that relatively soon. This is one of your last games before you hit a stretch of divisional games before the trade deadline. I don't think the Chiefs want to sit here and unload their entire playoff playbook into these divisional games just to figure out what they have. So I think this could be a game where you see Kadarius's Tony's snap count and usage have a little bit of an uptick to see what kind of spark he can provide to this wide receiver room, get him involved a little bit more and see if it puts some life into this offense because it's going to be one of your last chances to have like a uh, less pressure to see what you have. It's your like last test game. You get to divisional can play after this. You get to other AFC teams that you're going to see again in the playoffs after this. This is one of your last freebie games of a t- game that matters less because it's against the Minnesota Vikings from the NFC. All right. So you just got done talking about a, a defensive coordinator that's going to want to try to create some pressures, run some twists, some stunts, some blitzes. They're going to get, you know, they're going to get kind of exotic. And we just saw uh, an offensive line struggle with games up front. And one of those players in particular has had kind of a rough season so far. I know Trey Smith had the highlight this week, but Trey Trey Smith also had some struggles this entire season. Um, And I think this is another opportunity for him to maybe try to get right, get back on track. You know, if he's going to get to see, you know, some some exotic pressure, some exotic stuff up front that he's going to have to navigate through, that could be a good challenge for him, especially when it's maybe not an elite defensive line, you know? So I don't know if it's necessarily a get right game, but it's an opportunity for him potentially to just get right back on the horse, uh, even though the talent level may not be the same up front, he still might get, you know, attacked a little bit by the... Uh, no, might. He, it's, he's going to. They're going to go after him. That, that is what is going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, Trey Smith, you're you're going to have to bring your A game this week because I think you're going to get challenged a little bit. Maddie, did I get the, did I make the right guess? No, I, I like it. You're adjacent. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco. We we didn't talk about the guy who uh, essentially put the Chiefs offense on his back versus the Jets and saved them with his ability to run and catch the football. We didn't talk about the run game once. Um, you know, they stay tuned to the KCSN, uh, you know, channel. We might have more run game talk coming uh, on a different show later this week. However, shout out Isaiah Pacheco. I, if you can run against this Vikings defense, then I mean, hey, you're doing something good. Well, it's because they're not going to run the ball at all this week. That's why. It's a ground and pound the defense team, buddy. What happened the last time that the Chiefs decided that they weren't going to run the ball very much in a half? Oh, that's right. It didn't work out. L, get over it. Hey. Is that Chris the Bears? The NFL season is going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet five bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly 
in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. You're going to be able to bet on your Kansas City Chiefs and all kinds of different props that they have available. Get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code KCSN. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet $5 on the NFL. That's code KCSN. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. Licensee partner Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 and older, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. There are some bets in this game for the Chiefs that we're all quite interested in for sure. I think this is going to be a good game for Patrick Lavon Mahomes. I didn't invoke Lavon for the players to watch. I decided to, to deviate away from that. But I do think 286 and a half yards, the over on that is going to be good for Patrick Mahomes. I think this is going to be a game where we walk away saying, hey, you know, he got right. He showed a lot of trust in his receivers and his receivers made plays. I think uh, it's a good week for the passing offense, especially if Brian Flores does indeed try to dial up a bunch of blitzes. So give me the over on Patrick Mahomes passing yards, 286 and a half yards. Maddie, what you got? I'm jumping over to the other side of the ball. I'm going with something based around the Chiefs defense. We're going Justin Jefferson under 104 receiving yards. Now, that sounds like a big number, but since the start of the 2022 season, he's only done that eight times. That's pretty impressive. However, this Chiefs defense is playing really good. The pass rush gets after it. Legereus Sneed has been excellent, shadowing number one wide receivers all around the field. And yeah, he gets beat occasionally. He'll also draw some flags. Defensive pass interference doesn't count for receiving yards, though. It's like we're just looking to keep Justin Jefferson <laughs> under 104 yards. Legereus needs playing great right now. I feel pretty good on that. They will move Justin Jefferson around, but hey, you're going to run to the slot and go up against Trent McDuffie? I think that's even a worse idea. So give me Justin Jefferson under the 104 this week. Doesn't mean it'll be a bad game. He had 85 and two touchdowns last week. He can easily do that again. I just don't know if I see the Chiefs defense letting one single player take over this game the way they're playing right now. I'm sticking on the defensive side of the football. I'm staying with our guy, George Karloftis. George Karloftis' line this week is at a quarter of a sack. I'm taking the over on that. George Karloftis has had a sack in every single game this year except for the Jets. Don't look at the Detroit Lions stat line. That was a sack, not a rush from Jared Goff. That was a sack, and it should count. I will petition for this. George Karloftis has an opportunity against this offensive line to get some things going. Kirk Cousins is the type of quarterback that's going to turtle. He's not going to escape the pocket like Zach Wilson did. George Karloftis got plenty of hits on Zach Wilson and wasn't able to bring him down. They're not going to have that problem. With Kirk Cousins, I think George Karloftis gets a full sack by himself. With this being a line at a quarter sack, that means that him and Chris Jones can meet at the quarterback and George Karloftis still hits his over, so I'm taking that one this week. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code KCSN. 
make sure you do that. Let's move on to the defensive side of the ball. And that primary discussion on the defense is Legereus Neen versus Justin Jefferson. I mean, I think you made a very compelling argument why there should be some optimism for not only that bet, but for that the Chiefs should be able to slow down enough the best wide receiver in football. Yeah, Legereus Need. I don't know if you guys know this, he has been excellent this season. I know it doesn't seem like it. His target volume is high. As a matter of fact, on the season, he has nearly 16% of the opposing targets. That's far and away more than anybody else on this defense there. But he's only allowing 5.2 yards per target and a team-high 64% defensive success rate. Over the past two weeks, that has been a lot better than those numbers going up against Garrett Wilson. The Bears have, you know, players that are NFL quality on that hey, roster. DJ Moore's good. DJ Moore is good, yes. But DJ Moore he didn't really get the ball. The, so, Bears, are, um, the Bears are up 27-3 right now in Washington. Oh my goodness, man. <laughs> that, that's ludicrous. That is absolutely ludicrous. But Legereus Need has been really good. And most importantly, He's been following around the number one wide receiver of the opposition as of late. I expect that LeJarius Sneed is going to continue that against Justin Jefferson this week. Now, that's a much tougher ask. Justin Jefferson is a top two wide receiver in this league and maybe a top one wide receiver in this league. He's not two. He's not. He might not be two, but they're going to offer LeJarius Sneed a little bit of over-the-top help, but it's going to be all that underneath stuff that he's going to need to take care of, and that's where Justin Jefferson can do so much damage. LeJarius Sneed has been so good this season at translating his coverage skill to those intermediate areas of the field and really doing a good job getting his hands on a lot of passes, denying a lot of stuff, it, making it making life very, very difficult for quarterbacks who do target him. We have always talked about Legereus Need as this guy that has all these other elements to his game that make him so impactful for this defense and that bring the level of this defense up. His coverage ability now matches those other things this year. It has been so impressive to watch him, and not enough people are talking about how good he's been nationally. Going up against Justin Jefferson, if he has the kind of output, especially the one that he did against Garrett Wilson, I think all of a sudden you're going to start seeing some of the national media perk up a little bit more and be like, oh, man, maybe we need to be talking about this guy a little bit more. You should get on board now, though. He has been that level of good. So, I mean, to add on to that point, the last three games, he's essentially shadowed, you know, or tried to follow until they go into the slot the majority of the time. Garrett Wilson, DJ Moore, and Calvin Ridley. Against those three receivers, he's he's been targeted 15 times, only given up six receptions, for 59 yards against those three guys. Those are undoubtedly three number one wide receivers for those teams. And he's he's doing a very good job. Now, I think there's about three penalties, maybe four penalties sprinkled in there. But that's, I mean, that's okay, though. Either way, you could, they're not all from the same game. He's not getting burnt by any of these guys. And to Craig's point, yeah, the Chiefs play two high structures a lot. He will get some help. He'll be a little bit limited in having to only run vertical in some plays, not across the entire field, so on and so forth. But he's still taking these matchups one-on-one plenty, more than his fair share, right? So Legereus Need's been excellent. I do think Jefferson's a little bit of a different ask. I mean, Justin Jefferson is probably the best route runner in the NFL with probably the best hands in the NFL, and he's the best at attacking all three levels of the NFL and the best at everything else that involves being a wide receiver, right? So like, this is an, a taller task for him than these last three ones have been. 
but he's been excellent. And then I mentioned it a little bit ago. I do think that the Vikings will move Justin Jefferson around. They will kick him into the slot. I mean, he play, he's played about a third of his snaps out of the slot. I don't think the Chiefs need to send Steed in there. Just let Trent McDuffie take those reps. It's not like Trent McDuffie has been bad. He just hasn't been challenged near in the same way. Now, I know everyone's going to look back on the Alan Lazard play and like, yeah, Trent McDuffie has a weakness. You know, tracking pop flies over his shoulder down the field has been something that's bit him multiple times while he's been with the Chiefs. But everything else has been excellent in coverage. So the Chiefs are well manned to handle Justin Jefferson as good as any team in the league. That doesn't mean you're going to shut him down. But like, it is a matchup. I Again, I don't think the Chiefs are going to let Justin Jefferson by himself beat them. And if they do then I think they just start to add more help. And that's just going to be really hard to beat this team to, with Legereus Steed getting constant safety help, Trent McDuffie getting constant safety help. It's Clamps McDuffie. Trent Kirk, yeah. Kirk Cousins is pretty good against the Blitz. So, <laughs> uh, so what do we think? Do we think they're going to Blitz? <laughs> what, do, what do we think? What a transition. After those two ad transitions that were basically flawed. Fried. They were flawed. I tried to be a little more casual with this one just to see, you know. That's what that was, yep. Yeah. What do you think? Um, well, okay. On the year, Kurt Cousins, when Blit is completing 70% of his passes, uh, he's got seven touchdowns to no interception. And the time to throw isn't ridiculously low. It's still 2.61 seconds. So it's not, he's like not pushing the ball downfield. But he's also not just throwing immediate checkdowns. He's doing a good job seeing where the pressure's coming from. The Vikings are doing a pretty good job getting blitzes picked up, and they are finding a way to get the ball, you know, two guys that are open, again, not necessarily at or behind the line of scrimmage. So they've been excellent versus the blitz this year. Under pressure, not so good, but specifically when being blitzed, they've been very good. So I do wonder what the Chiefs kind of counter to that is. When they've gone up against teams in the past that have been good against the blitz, Steve Spadola tries it out. He, he dips his toes in the water, and if he just sees it, it's something like, oh, they don't have a good answer for what I got. He's going to unleash it on them, and then it gets pretty, it gets gotten ugly. I mean, you can look back at some early Josh Allen performances against the Chiefs blitz when it was getting home, or even uh, the Chiefs ended up losing the game against the Bengals in the AFC Championship game, but the first half there, Joe Burrow's head was spinning trying to get the blitz picked up from you know what the Chiefs were sending. So I think they'll try it. They'll dip their toes in, see if the Vikings can sort it out, see if they're getting on it. But if they are, he'll dial, he'll cut it out. He'll pull back and he'll go play coverage. And I think they might have to be ready to do that sooner rather than later because you don't want to give the Vikings two easy scores or let them get some easy third down conversions because you're dead set on blitzing a team that's been excellent versus the blitz so far. Yeah, I do think that Steve Spagnuolo, kind of like Andy's first 15 plays, he's going to have a couple where he's going to go up. He's going to rattle the cage a little bit. Just see how they handle some of the ways that, that he's going to bring pressure there. But especially early in the season, Steve Spagnuolo likes to give a lot of runway to his four-man rush. We saw it last week against the Jets in the middle of the game where he just said, okay, listen, we're just going to lean on the four-man rush. We're going to see if it can get home against Zach Wilson, and it didn't. So there at the end of the game, they ramp up the pressure. Because he's going to give that runway there, I, I am a little less worried about how he's going to handle the the blitz. If this was a later in the season game where he's trying out some more of his blitzes, trying to get into his bag a little bit more, I might be like, yeah, let's pull back on that a little bit, which he probably would. But because it is early and because they know they want to get that four-man rush going against a bad offensive line, like the the interior of this offensive line, it should have Chris Jones, you know, licking his chops. It really should. But... I think that even without Chris Jones having a big game, 
I think Mike Dana, George Karloftis, and Felix Anaduke Ozama can affect the quarterback enough. Like, I, I really do feel like there is enough there that those three, even if there is a sole focus on stopping Chris Jones by the Vikings, which, hey, by the way, probably won't work, even if you do double him with this interior offensive line. I, I think there's still enough there. There's enough meat on the bone with what they can bring to the table and what they can do with the rest of that four-man rush. I expect a lot of pressure from the Chiefs this week. I expect it to come, by and large, from those four guys that have been the primary pass rushers for this team so far. So I'm looking forward to that, getting their groove back again, starting to feel good about the, the four-man rush again. This is, we talked about get-right games earlier. I feel like this is a get-right game after just having kind of an off week against the Jets. It's going to be it's gonna be interesting to see along the interior, too. Um, Garrett Bradbury might be back this week. The Vikings have signed Dalton Risner as well. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be hey, interesting. Does he like Kansas City? I, I'm, I'm unsure. Does he like Kansas City? Oh, he's a he's a former Bronco, so he I can cope uh, like the like the rest of those broken AFC West teams that got rid of a bunch of expensive additions they tried to make to try to run with the Chiefs and still couldn't sniff them. And oh, by the way, when they did all that, the Chiefs just messed around and won the Super Bowl while rebuilding their team on the fly. Um, but yeah, no, like that. It'll be interesting to see what the interior of that offensive line looks like too. You know, if there are some mix-ups, if, you know, there's some change-ups there, you know, that could help support um, that offense a little bit better, uh, you know, handling some pressure too. So uh, that's something to kind of keep an eye on, uh, I think, as well. A little bit of utilization of 21 personnel for the Vikings, Matthew. How do you think the Chiefs defend it? Has it been pretty good for them? Well, okay. well um, the the Vikings play like the ninth most uh, 21 personnel in the NFL. They like to get CJ Ham out there. They like to get a little bit heavy. And even if they, they're, they're pretty middle of the pack going with two tight ends, so 12 personnel. But Josh Oliver is a guy they're not afraid to put out there. So after seeing what the Chiefs did last week against the Jets when they were stuck in base personnel, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Vikings come out and maybe even up both those numbers, come out and play a little bit heavier, force the Chiefs, to stay in that base personnel. You know, the, the Vikings aren't a good running team as of right now, right? And whether they're in, you know, heavy, not heavy, whatever it is. But I do wonder if they're going to be willing to not even pound the rock, just come out, play a little heavy. This team already likes to go under center, as is. They play the most under center snaps of any team in the NFL right now. That's what Kirk Cousins likes. That works out pretty well if you want to get some extra big bodies in there. So I think their plan is going to be to force the Chiefs to play in base. That's what they're going to aim for here. Try to get into base, see what they can do to attack the space, attack the linebackers of the Chiefs. We saw the Jets do it, so I think the Vikings will do the same. Hopefully, Steve Spagnuolo and this defense have answers. It Nick Bolton might play in this game. Not that I think he's a significant improvement over Drew Tranquil, but having him on the field, having him be out there, hopefully alongside Drew Tranquil, probably does help them a little bit more than you know being forced to always play Willie Gay or Leo Chanel, two guys that I don't think they have near the same level of trust in. So, Kirk Cousins likes being under center. Maddie, would you say he likes that? He he does enjoy to be under the center. Okay, good. He enjoys that. Good. I'm I'm glad we can all come to that same conclusion. There, the Chiefs, when they have seen 21 personnel this year, they have he likes it. always. He does like it. Okay, good. I'm, I'm glad you were able to confirm that. Hey, Craig, did you appreciate him interrupting you in the middle of your point? I did. I really did love that. As a matter of fact, it made me feel really good about myself <laughs> that I was acknowledged by by Maddie Lane. I don't know. If I, I love you, Kent. Kent but 
kidding. I hate this. This is the best part uh, of anything that I have done in this entire podcast with Maddie <laughs> adding on to the bit. Like, it was really good. I, I, I enjoyed <sighs> it, did. but thank you. Thank you for asking how I felt about that. I really pr- feel appreciated by by you, my friend. You're both sides <laughs> in this, Craig. I don't like it. Quit pandering. <laughs> the Chiefs have been terrible against 21 personnel this season on defense right now. As a matter of fact, they are allowing the most yards per play against 21 personnel of any type of offensive personnel. They are allowing 9.3 yards per play. That's terrible. And they only have success on defense a third of the time. It's really, really, really bad. What we saw the Jets do last year, or last week, was line up in some of these 21 personnel looks and throw out of it. The Minnesota Vikings are going to want to keep that up. Like, it doesn't have to be the run game. Line up with a fullback. Line up with a running back in the backfield. Keep Kirk Cousins clean as you run your play-action game and target Justin Jefferson. That is a method for success against this defense who will live in their base defense to counter 21 personnel, unless it's two light backs and then Steve Spagnuolo is going to use you know, the typical nickel. But if it is a true fullback, they're going to live in their base 4-3. And as we saw last week, it did not go well when the Chiefs were in that formation there. So I'm paying a lot of attention to how the Vikings look at that, how they utilize that. Like Maddie said, they're ninth most in the NFL How that when they use that. I think that the Minnesota Vikings may have watched last week's game against the Chiefs defense and went, yeah, we don't want any part of that four-man pass rush. We don't want any part of, you know, throwing against these good DBs. Let's force them into base. Let's try and throw to our pass catchers and try and take advantage of that extra space that's there because the Chiefs have to go three linebackers to stop the run and see if we can replicate some of the success the Jets had. Players to Watch is presented by Tickets for Less. Again, promo code KCSN will get you the defaulted best discount available at Tickets for Less. Dot com. So make sure you're using promo code KCSN to get your Chiefs tickets, ticketsforless.com. My player to watch, I'm actually really going to, Felix Anudike Uzama and George Karloftis. And it's mostly George Karloftis, but I look, I think there is an opportunity in some of the boot action game that this team, that the, the, the Minnesota Vikings like to run. Coverage sack down the field. Felix A.U.D.K. Uzama and George Karloftis are great second effort, great consistent effort players. So if they can close, if they can make things interesting for Kirk, he's not the most athletic player out of the boot. He's pretty good at it because he's been doing it for a few years now. But if you can just create a little uncertainty for him, you know, you can continue to pursue him to the, you know, and, and make a sack on him. And so I think Felix A.U.D.K. Uzama and George Karloftis, both of them are candidates to get, you know, some you know, some some behind the behind the line of scrimmage plays on Kirk Cousins that are going to affect the game, uh, you know, closing from the backside of the play and and making things interesting for a not particularly athletic quarterback. So give me Felix A.D.K. Zama and George Karloftis. I'm going to go with Drew Tranquil. Nick Bolton is back, like Maddie said. It looks like he's going to play this week. That's good. That's good for this defense. But he should not minimize Drew Tranquil's role. Drew Tranquil got to see a lot of time on the field with Nick Bolton not there. And frankly, he looked really good doing so. So maybe some of the slight adjustments, some of the ways that Steve Spagnuolo wants the defense to run, especially with Nick Bolton as the Mike linebacker and other linebackers there, maybe wasn't as efficient as it could have been. 
but especially in the coverage game, Drew Tranquil looked really good. I think people will remember he had some passes get completed on him, but he's right there at the point of attack. We've not seen a Mike linebacker do that as often. And in the dime defense, Drew Tranquil looked especially good, dialing things up, making sure that things were all together when they went into these lighter personnel. I think there's a good opportunity for Drew Tranquil to actually get the legit dime reps, not like this every third drive reps that he's taken over as the Mike linebacker for you know, Nick Bolton. I think there's an opportunity that he's shown now that he can hold down that dime opportunity, and you can ease Nick Bolton in that way. You don't have to put a 100% workload on him. There's a lot of reasons why it makes sense. I don't want to see Drew Tranquil's role reduced in this defense. He's just been that level of good so far, and it just makes sense to keep putting him on the field. I'm going to go with Justin Reed. Uh, we all know Justin Jefferson is excellent. If the Chiefs are going to have a chance to slow down this Vikings offense, they can't let Justin Jefferson beat them. And if that happens, they the Vikings got to go somewhere else. And TJ Hawkinson's been that guy. TJ Hawkinson is the guy that has the second most targets on this team. He's the guy they looked for on, on third downs. He is the next best guy. Justin Reed, on the other hand, has it have been excellent in man coverage this year. Tight ends have gotten the better of him on numerous occasions. Now, He's never had a terrible game. I don't want to say that it's been ever been a problem for the Chiefs, but there has been situations where Justin Reed's gotten beaten by tight ends, and right now, he's the only guy they really trust in those matchups. It hasn't been a Brian Cook as much. It hasn't been Mike Edwards as much. It's been Justin Reed. So, Justin Reed manning up on TJ Hawkinson, especially on third downs when the Chiefs are trying to show pressure and things have to default to more man coverage and stuff like that. I think he's a guy, he has to come away. He has to be able to win that matchup or not losing it frequently this Vikings offense for putting up a lot of points. All right, it's prediction time. Folks, Craig Stouts, why don't you predict this game for us? What's, what say you? I think that this defense is going to come out, this Chief defense is going to come out and look really good against this Viking offense. Yes, Justin Jefferson is scary. Yes, K.J. Osborne has actually been sneakily effective in the targets that he's gotten this year, and T.J. Hawkinson also looks good. I'm not as worried about the weapons. I'm just not worried about Kirk Cousins. Like, I, I really am not. And I know we just did this with Zach Wilson last week. So, you know, we'll, we'll kind of meter this a little bit. We know what Kirk Cousins is. We know what he can do. He certainly has the opportunity to have a good game against the Kansas City Chiefs. However, I think he's going to be under pressure all day from the four-man rush. I think this secondary is too good to let these guys get loose consistently and get Kirk into some of the looks that he really wants to get into. And this run game's not good enough to where I think this Chiefs defense is going to be playing downhill all game long, trying to stop the run. Like maybe they had a game plan to come out and do against the Jets. Conversely, on offense, this Vikings defense is not nearly as good as the Jets' defense was. I think this is a get-right game for the offense. I think they score plenty of points. I got the Chiefs winning this one 31-17. to 17. So I think it's a, a little bit of a, an interesting game for the Chiefs, right? They're going on the road here. They're going up to Minnesota. They're going to go play this game, you know, out in Minnesota. I, I just repeated that. I'm pulling a can't right now and repeating myself about, uh, you know, them being excited to be under center. Um, so anyway, the Chiefs are going to play this game on the road. And you have a defense that is going to blitz the crap out of the Chiefs. I do believe that's what you're going to see. And that can snowball, right? If that has an effect early, if that has an impact, that can snowball. That can force the Chiefs to really play off their back foot. We've seen this offense already playing with a little a lacking confidence and kind of scrambling to find their footing. 
if they don't get off not even to a hot start, but if they just get off on a bad start, this game could get really dicey really fast. On the other hand, I have a hard time seeing this Chiefs defense just rolling over for the Vikings offense. The Vikings offense is good. I really do like it. I don't know if it's elite. I don't know if the Vikings offense is competing with the best teams in the league. And right now, I think only those elite offenses really have a chance to just steamroll this Chiefs defense the way they're playing, especially if Chris Jones is a little bit healthier than he appeared last week, judging by, you know, a little bit lighter snap count and his general lack of effectiveness versus the Jets. So as long as he's feeling better, putting his stamp on the game, I do think the defense slows down the Vikings offense enough. I'm pulling for what Craig said. The offense, good matchup with this blitz-heavy approach. They kind of get a get-right game. I do foresee that happening a little bit. So I'm going to take the Chiefs 31-24 to in this game, but I think it's a little bit closer. And like I said, I do think there's a chance that this snowballs in a poor way if the Chiefs don't have their blitz pickup stuff sorted out once the game starts. So I love to check out 506 Sports. It's a great website that allows you to kind of look and see the TV map for every game. Would you say you enjoy it? Yeah. I did. I would. Anyways, 90% roughly of the televisions are going to be on Chiefs Vikings in the CBS late window. Kind of seems very national gamey to me if you guys get my drifts. Hey, and Miller's coming. Is Kirk Cousins? Does he like national games? Does he like that? Not particularly. Prime Kirk does not does not seem to do particularly well in these kind of situations, and I don't think he's going to. I think the Chiefs are going to get right offensively. They're going to look better. You're going to see some things. We're going to walk away from that game saying things look better between the receivers and and, and Mahomes. I think you're going to be optimistic about what you saw from this group. And I think they're going to put some points on the board, but they're going to put 31 on the board. I agree. We're all going to say 31 points are scored. I'm going to say it's a 31-20 game. I think it's a late touchdown to make things interesting. For Or not even that interesting, just closer. <laughs> but Prime Kirk shows up when 90% of the TVs are on him. That is going to do it for the KC Laboratory. Thank you all so much for listening. We appreciate you. We'll talk to you after the Chiefs fourth straight victory. I enjoyed that show.